many people are really upset that Japan hasn't really differentiated long-term residents from tourists visiting Japan for a very short period of time. Hello and welcome to Deep Dive from the Japan Times. I'm Oscar Boyd. The state of emergency in Japan is over, so that means everything goes back to normal. Woo! Well, maybe not for some. This week I'm joined by staff writer Magdalena Sumi, who's going to tell us about the foreign residents trapped by Japan's coronavirus border measures, either unable to leave the country or unable to return to it because Japan is the only member of the G7 that is denying re-entry to its long-term and permanent residents. Many people have been forced into difficult decisions by the policy, having to choose between returning to care for friends and family in their country of citizenship or their lives, careers and families here in Japan where they reside. It's a policy that has the potential to affect almost all of the three million foreign residents who live and work here in Japan. It leaves those who do leave the country in a residential limbo, not really welcome here in Japan, even if they consider it home. Magda, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'd like to start with the bigger picture. So broadly speaking, what policies has Japan enacted at its borders? throughout this coronavirus pandemic? We know that Japan was pretty slow to introduce strict control measures and initial restrictions were imposed only for travelers from Wuhan, which was at the time when we saw many reports of people coming from China uh, who brought in the virus. After that, Japan expanded restrictions and added uh, 18 countries in Europe, mainly Spain, Italy and Switzerland, as well as uh, Iran and Egypt. Uh, but at that point, travelers from those countries were asked to self-quarantine for 14 days after arriving to Japan. Yes, as I remember it, those early restrictions were very loose. So back in March, when the coronavirus was really making its presence first known around the world, the restrictions were technically voluntary. You could still travel to Japan, but if you came here, you'd have to self-isolate for 14 days and were asked to avoid all public transport. And the government back then actually had limited powers to enforce those self-quarantines, and few countries were banned from entering outright. Yes, but after that, on April 3rd, uh, Japan imposed um, restrictions for people with actually with all uh, kinds of visas. And although the, the ban was uh, covering only 73 countries at that point, it said that people who had permanent residence and long-term resident visa, uh, visa holders, they also would be subject to those restrictions. From that moment, uh, Japan has expanded uh, the, these restrictions to cover 100 countries at this point uh, when we are talking right now. And um, starting from May 27th at midnight, Japan is set to add 11 more countries, including India, Argentina, and uh, several countries in Africa. So basically, people coming from 111 countries, in most cases, won't be allowed to enter Japan. Okay, so maybe let's break down that policy by how it affects different groups of people arriving at the borders. So starting with citizens, as I understand it, all Japanese citizens can come back to Japan, but when they arrive, they must be tested at the border and self-isolate until they get 
the results of those tests. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, all uh, Japanese citizens are allowed to return to Japan, but they need to uh, self-quarantine. So for citizens, then, there's no real problem. And then in terms of entry for tourists, that's basically being denied to all but a very, very small handful of countries, which is why we saw the headline figure of a 99.9% drop in Japan's tourist numbers. Yes, uh, only 2,900 people uh, visited Japan in April. It was uh, 99.9% down from last year. And most most of those people were from South Korea, Taiwan and China. But as we know, like basically now when uh, everyone is... Like most people are banned from entering Japan. It's hard to expect uh, more travelers to the country. But I guess it's not really a problem for tourists as they don't have any real permanent ties to the country. So the problematic area in terms of Japan's policy at the border right now is with its treatment of long-term residents, those who consider Japan to be their home and have long-term visas here but don't have full citizenship. Yes, this is the biggest problem of these uh, regulations that these policies affect not only travelers, not only tourists to Japan, but people who have lived in Japan for 10, 15 years and they have never worked in any country, any other country than Japan, like me, or who have their spouses in Japan, who have their children raised in Japan. These uh, regulations um, put people in a very difficult situation where they have to uh, choose between their home in Japan and their home abroad, their, their, a place where they uh, were raised in, where uh, they have to choose uh, whether to see their sick family members, whether to whether they should stay and uh, just wait until uh, it all ends. But we don't really know when we can expect these uh, regulations to ease. So for many people, these uh, decisions may have effect on their, their lives, their future. And that's why uh, many people are really upset that Japan hasn't really differentiated long-term residents from tourists visiting Japan for a very short period of time. As part of an article that you recently wrote, you spoke to a lot of people who have been affected by this policy um, and who are long-term residents of Japan who have found it difficult or been forced into difficult decisions because they're not sure that if they have to leave Japan whether they're able to come back. So maybe you could tell me um, about a few of their cases and, and tell me about some of the people that you've, that you've spoken to recently. Mm. I uh, spoke with several people um, who uh, have contacted me and I've received like more than 40 messages actually more rights uh, I should say now and I'm trying I'm still trying to respond to all and uh, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, reaching out and sharing their personal stories and I think that they helped me understand the scale of the problem there there are uh, people who who are stuck abroad due to these uh, regulations and some of them are worried that they can't 
leave Japan because once they leave, they won't be able to return. And we are talking about people who don't want to travel for, for sightseeing. These people are dealing with some personal issues. Some of them have um, a sick family member who, for instance, is undergoing treatment for cancer. So it's natural that you want to be with your family. I think Japan uh, could have taken into account the fact that, that people who want to travel to uh, their home countries, they may need to do it, they may be forced to do it. And it's in many cases, it is an emergency. Indulge me for a second by letting me make this personal. Um, I consider Japan to be my home. My apartment's here, my life is here, my work is here, my beloved bicycle is here. But as a UK citizen, if I had to go to the UK for an emergency reason right now, would I be allowed back to Japan under the current policy on a work visa? The nationality doesn't really matter now. It's more about uh, places you uh, visit. So if you are, as a UK resident, a UK citizen, uh, visiting a, a country like Tunisia, I think it's one of those countries that is not listed, you could travel travel freely. But if you uh, go to the UK, which is on the list, you will not be allowed to re-enter Japan. So that wipes out any visit back to the UK anytime soon and I'll take this moment to apologize to my mum and my dad um but you know for me that's not the hardest choice in the world I guess if there was an emergency I don't have any children here I don't have any family out here so what happens for people who have spouses or children in Japan but are not legal citizens would, would they be allowed re-entry if they had to leave Japan now they may not be allowed if they travel right now after Japan put these countries on the list. In some cases, Japan makes exceptions and allows people with uh, who have spouses, Japanese spouses or uh, families here. And according to an official from the immigration agency, situations like uh, a death of a family member should be such a criterion uh, to allow someone in. But to be honest, people uh, may not be sure if they will be allowed to re-enter uh, until they invest in the in a ticket, until they go to the airport and until they go through customs. So there's no clear criteria right now about who might be able to return in exceptional circumstances or otherwise. That's what actually contrasts uh, with uh, other countries like Germany has specified those criteria like uh, if you have a home uh, in Germany, if you have a um, if you need to undergo medical treatment there, you will be allowed and that this is information you can find on uh, the government government's website. In Japan, those criteria are not specified and that's why I think they are really confusing for many people. So we've got Germany, which has a much more lenient approach. How does Japan's policy compare to other countries more generally, though? I tried to uh, to check, to compare uh, these approaches uh, in different countries. And um, I noticed that Japan is the only one, the only country in the group of seven that bans its uh, permanent residents from uh, re-entering freely. So Japan is uh, one of very few, maybe the only one. 
among developed countries that actually bans its permanent residents. Of course, there are countries uh, that um, have uh, even stricter approach and have imposed stricter measures like India that has actually banned its own citizens. But it's fine as long as it uh, applies to everybody. Uh, in case of Japan, legal residents of Japan are treated as tourists, as visitors to Japan. Tell me about South Korea's approach, because they're a close neighbor of Japan. And though I know they're still pretty strict at their borders, their policy is a bit more lenient towards long-term than permanent residents, from what I know. Yes. Uh, so South Korea requires its per, uh, permanent residents to undergo medical uh, checks before entering the country. And they also need to uh, get a um, re-entry permit, which normally is waived for people who, who are long-term residents. But um, in this case, it's still strict. It's still not equal if we compare it to treatment of South Korean citizens. But at least South Korea allows its legal residents to re-enter their home. And this is what we are talking about. Uh, these people actually have, uh, have a home here. And uh, there is this misconception in Japan that foreigners are actually uh, visitors who uh, at some point will return to their home countries. If someone does end up stuck outside of Japan because of this border policy, are they still expected to pay Japanese taxes, healthcare, pension, etc., etc., even while being denied entry by the government? Um, and probably racking up expenses in a different country. Of course, this is uh, the main uh, problem because all these people are... Complaining shouldn't be a, a good word because they are put in a very difficult situation. These people are worried that they have to... Uh, they are still paying taxes, they are still paying their, for rent here, they are still paying uh, their bills here, and they have... Additionally, they have to pay for their stay in a third count, country where they don't have any uh, source of income. And uh, we should uh, also consider that that some families, their financial situation may not be good enough to have one additional family member stay for another month or two or three. Mm. So uh, it's, a, it's a financial burden for all these people. And what seems like a bit of a cruel hypocrisy that they're considered equals in terms of their duty to pay taxes and everything else here, but uh, discriminated against at the border despite having homes, jobs, lives, families in Japan. Yes. So how else has the policy affected those people that you've been able to speak to? For many people, it's uh, it affects their future careers, their future uh, decisions on what they are, what they should do about their lives, and uh, whether they should actually stay in Japan. And many people can uh, are saying that they are, they or their family members, have visas that will expire uh, within the next months, and if this situation lasts for 
one or two months more, uh, they are not. They will not be able to uh, extend those visas. Uh, the Immigration Services Agency allows um, foreign residents in Japan to uh, extend visas that will expire by Ju- uh, by July. Has extended it by three months, so they can extend it until October, as long as they are in Japan. So people who are stuck abroad, they are not covered by this change. So they may end up in a situation where they've left the country with a perfectly valid visa, but by the time they're allowed back to Japan, that visa is no longer valid and they can't return to the country under their previous status. So I guess they would have to return as a tourist or reapply for a new visa, which is a much more difficult process than renewing a visa you already have. Yeah, unfortunately. And uh, of course, the, the government is saying that it's temporary. But the thing is that uh, Japan hasn't specified any time frame for these uh, for these uh, restrictions and yesterday prime minister abe for the first time said that these restrictions the entry ban will be maintained until the end of june but we still don't know what will happen after june we know that um, japan is planning to uh, ease some uh, these restrictions for travelers for business then international students but we don't really know where uh, when people who legally reside in japan will be able to return home i've got to imagine that a lot of businesses in japan who employ uh, non-japanese staff must be affected by this as well. If they've had staff members who've had to to leave Japan for whatever reason and they're not able to come back, they've lost an employee, they've lost someone who's a valuable member of their staff. Right now I'm looking into this uh, this problem because I'm uh, I've heard from many Indians, many of whom are working in the IT industry in Japan, that uh, more than 100 Indians are stuck and can't uh, return to Japan, and more than 100 people are are stuck in Bangladesh, uh, which has just been uh, added to the list. And Japan, as we know, in 10 years. One in every three people will be 65 and or older, and one in five people will be uh, 75 or older. So Japan needs foreigners, and Japan has uh, been trying to draw foreign uh, foreigners to industries that have been affected by uh, labor shortages. And in uh, some of uh, these industries uh, are actually struggling to bring in people and Japan was planning to uh, to draw 345,000 people over the next 5 years and uh, they they were not able to to bring even one fifth of that on that point do you think Japan's reputation has been damaged by this this very strict policy that they have that actually it's showing it's it's not a very hospitable place to non-Japanese people to work? I think that uh, people who think that Japan is some kind of a the land of opportunity, these people may be discouraged and uh, they may rethink their uh, their future uh, careers, opportunities. And it's definitely a stain on its image, as a, a stain of the, its reputation as a country that was supposed to be welcoming foreigners. Japan is also trying to bring in highly skilled professionals 
those with advanced technology skills who are helping Japan develop a specialized labor market. And I think that many of these people with working visas are unable to return. I think that Japan should be aware that、uh, people who come to Japan are coming for various reasons, they not,、uh, which are not necessarily economically driven. Someone's stay in Japan may be just a stage in one's lifetime, but Japan is benefiting from having foreigners here. It was a good opportunity for Japan to show that people from different backgrounds are really welcomed here. And I'm saying this as a bureaucratic mishap, but I think that Japan could have shown the world that it's actually、uh, caring more. About its、uh, legal residents who、uh, see Japan as their home. So, you've said that there's no clear indication about when this might change. We might see some easing of restrictions towards the end of June, but there's, there's kind of no guarantees there, and it will depend very much, I'm sure, on, on the spread of the coronavirus. So, is, is there anything that people can do until it does change? We've prepared a, a chart to clarify which countries are on the,、uh, on the list, but because we, I noticed that many people were looking for this information. But、uh, honestly, people can only wait and pray. Thank you, Magda. Thank you for having me here. That was Japan Time Staff. Magdalena Osui, and links to her article and the accompanying chart showing entry restrictions into Japan can be found in the show notes of this week's episode. If you've been affected by this issue, then you can get in touch directly with Magda on Twitter by following her at jt underscore mag underscore os. Another link to that will be in the episode notes. We'll be back with you next week, but until then, though the state of emergency may be lifted, try to stay safe and potskare sama. Thank、you